When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Los Angeles? It's me, your host, Casey Diaz of the Shot Caller Podcast. It's so good to be back and uh, hitting you with another episode. Who would have thought that? Hey, listen, I'm so glad that we're going to end this whole year. You're going to be hearing a lot about me. You're going to get tired of me, but it's all good. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. It's going to be a good one. And today, um, we're going to be, you know, there's, there's so many elements uh, of this podcast. Uh, one, you, you, well, if you've been a listener uh, of this uh, podcast, you know that we interview ex-convicts, um, we interview law enforcement of all kinds uh, nationwide, and um, we also have political views that we uh, mention on this podcast, and the most, uh, my favorite one is when we do and when we share the Word of God. And this year you're going to be hearing um, episodes where we bring God's Word into light, into the forefront of this podcast, because uh, beyond all of that, I think is it, it, the most important thing that changes uh, the life of anyone's heart is God's Word. And so this this episode is going to be one for the books. Uh, I have a friend of mine, Ed, here with me, uh, Thank you, Ed, for, for being here. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. And, um, you know, we, we met, we go to church together. Um, we've uh, uh, broken bread, had some sushi. Ed took me to a really cool sushi spot. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we've, we've gotten to know each other for a bit of time here. And, uh, and we jokingly say, you know, <laughs> the, the friendship that we have is... Uh, Ed might as well. If this podcast grows a little bit more, uh, we're gonna need somebody like Ed with the PR uh, <laughs> that he does, man. He he he. he it's because of him that uh, I get to interview uh, some pretty interesting people on this podcast. You've been a great help, and I'm so grateful for you uh, for helping me on this. Yeah, for sure. You know, in in everybody's life, you need somebody that uh, that helps you. You need people of all different sorts. Uh, in 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 my my Christian faith, I've I've uh, learned that I'm not a one man show. God puts people in in and around your life that will influence you, uh, hold you accountable, and also help you along the way. And we all need that. And as men, man, I, I teach a men's Bible study here, and accountability is one of the biggest things that that we uh, we kind of miss out as men. And it's so needed, especially nowadays. But Ed, man, uh, we talked about this subject, um, and and I want I don't want to mess it up. I'm gonna kind of throw it at you uh, for you to, enter, to to open up with it. But this subject is dear to you as it is to me, and 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 it's dear to anybody that's a believer who has 
come to faith in Christ. Um, and it's the, it's the life of Christ, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection. And we're going to go into some in-depth uh, investigation, if you will, right. uh, on this episode. Tell us what you got in. Yeah, so um, I'll start off with just telling you a little bit about myself, just so you know uh, my background in the sense of why I did such an in-depth analysis when it comes to the death of Christ. Um, So last 25 years professionally, I've I've, uh, worked as a law enforcement officer. Currently, uh, I'm a detective sergeant um, for a law enforcement agency within the county of Los Angeles. so for me, um, accepting Christ took a little bit more investigation, for lack of better terms, right? Um, and we'll, we'll, I guess the best way to start off is, is um, yeah, what we're going to talk about is an in-depth analysis into the, the death of, of Christ um, and the crucifixion. And I, I, while graphic and while difficult to... to Listen to some of the um, the torture that occurred in in the crucifixion. Uh, there's a purpose for it, and the purpose of of this is just to understand to understand the love and sacrifice God undertook to restore hope in this world. Um, my hope is that when you're armed with that knowledge, you begin to have a better relationship with God's Son Jesus Christ. Um, I do want to say something, uh, kind of to piggyback off the intro that you made, uh, accountability partners, right? Um, when you walk in faith, the the most the moments that you get the you learn the most, right, yeah. are when you're real uncomfortable. Hmm. And I mentioned that because. You know, I think we met right during the pandemic, right? When, yeah. when one of the ministry groups that I that I volunteer with um, started to to launch, um, we met, and I found out you have the podcast, and just through the networking, right? That that I happened to to have, uh, I introduced some people to you. I worked behind the scenes in the podcast. And I remember telling you specifically, because it came up early, right? Like, oh, you should come on the podcast. And I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but in, 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 in prayer and meditation and, and talking with God, that was put in my heart, right? We need to have this conversation. Um, and um, I think sharing part of, of my testimony mm-hmm. with, with that being out there, hopefully somebody else hears it, right, and, and comes to Christ as a result of it. So that's the, the main motivation as to why I'm sitting here uh, doing a podcast, which is something that when we met, I told you I wasn't going to do. <laughs> uh, so what we learn here is that don't ever tell God you're not going to do something. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. But you know what? Uh, it, it, it's... um. Yeah, we, we met through uh, the anchor group, right? Um, and it's a uh, it's a ministry in uh, in the church that we belong to, at Shepherd, and uh, you know where uh, you get to hear some pretty graphic stories 
survival and uh, and and well, stories that didn't work out the way that we wanted to as human beings. You know, we 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 stand for life, and sometimes you know uh, God calls you home uh, by different ways. And uh, the anchor group is a uh, a ministry that helps people that are battling uh, cancer. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a heavy ministry, uh, but you know I was invited by you to go and share there because in the book we I talk about my uh, my uncle who uh, came to Christ at the at, well at the very end of life uh, through me sharing uh, the gospel with him, and that's how we met, and uh, I think there was something that you know only God can do, uh, where we just started to you know hang out and, and get to know each other a lot more better and. And uh, I'm just grateful for what you do in, in your career. And also, you know, watching you from afar and, and, and seeing you growing your faith and continuing to, you know, when you brought this, uh, when you brought this uh, to, to light, uh, my English is horrible. Just, by, just so you know, I have no clue of how this book became a bestseller. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you you uh, you bring this over and, and this subject matter, and I know it's meaningful to you for many reasons. And uh, I, I'd love for you to go ahead and and, yeah. and let's go dig deep, man. Yeah. So for anyone that's listening, I, I want you to have the, the references. I want you to know where all this um, this knowledge that we're about to drop where where it was obtained from. Uh, so we'll start off with the major piece of, of work that we're going to be working off of and um, directly quoting. Uh, the Journal of American Medical Association, uh, specifically volume 255, number 11, which was published on March 21st, 1986, contains an article uh, titled On the Physical Death of Jesus Christ. So that'll be the, the major um, piece of, of, of work that we'll be citing off of. Uh, you can also for an in-depth account of who Christ was, uh, I'd invite you to read any of the four books of the gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Uh, my personal favorite is Matthew. I think it's easy for me to connect to a, a government employee that nobody likes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, was, hilarious. Matthew was a tax collector, and it just kind of flowed really easy for me to, to connect with him and his, his um, account of the life of Christ. Um, Obviously, Mel Gibson's film, The, the Passion of the Christ, um, it's, for me, uh, I pretty much watch it annually uh, during uh, Easter. Um, and not that I, I go in depth, but I will mention a movie called The Case for Christ. Um, oh, yeah. Lee Strobel. Yeah. Uh, that's actually where I found out about the, the article in the Journal of American, Journal of American Medical Association. Uh, which, by the way, I'll probably just refer to as JAMA from now on. There we go, JAMA. JAMA. We'll just call it JAMA. So if I mention JAMA, you know what I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, there's a scene there where, where the, the, one of the doctors that he approaches to get to basically verify the death of Christ, basically he points him to a, a, a secular uh, reference that he could use. And um, when they mentioned that article on the case for Christ, I kind of pulled that and uh, went far deep into it. Um, so that's basically the four pieces of, of, um, of references we'll be using. Um, so I think th 
what we need to start is basically just answer the question, who was Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. That's the first question is. So let's let's stipulate to to um to get to the to the story of the crucifixion, let's just talk about who who Christ was. Um so we'll say that let's you know keep it real what scripture says. Jesus says who he said he was, the Son of God. Um, in John 14, 16, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, Jesus entered this more than 2,000 years ago as flesh and blood man, fully capable of feeling all pain that man endures on earth. That's going to become real important as we push forward on the story that Christ was a man and felt all the pain. Uh, Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Um, do you want to read that for us? Casey? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to go 11 through 6 through 11. 6 through 11. Here we go. Uh, it says, uh, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in, in, in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and of things in heaven and in things on earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Christ is the Lamb of God. Yeah. He takes away all the sins of the world. He's the final atonement. Uh, his love for us was so great, he sacrificed his own life so we could be saved. Um, that's the bedrock of, of Christianity, right? John 3.16 um, <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hmm. The next aspect of, of this conversation that, that we, we need to agree upon so that we can continue it is the life of Christ. Right? What did God do? Um, so in the book of Matthew, specifically chapters 1 through 9, we're told Jesus came to earth, was born from a virgin, baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. Immediately afterwards, Jesus is sent to the desert where he spends 40 days fasting and he's tempted by the devil. Jesus rebuked the devil with scripture. Jesus then returns to the city and begins his ministry. Jesus preached. He recruited his disciples. He began performing miracles by healing the sick, curing the blind, raising the dead. And after all this time of teaching about God's kingdom in the towns of uh, Palestine, Jesus comes to Jerusalem and he declares who he is. Uh, at this point is, is where the end is near for Christ. As the, pe as the people begin to place their hope in Jesus, this becomes a conflict with the chief priests and the elders, and they saw their authority in jeopardy. So they began to conspire a plot against Christ to have him arrested, tried, and executed. So it's important to understand that 
at this point is pretty much where Jesus' suffering begins. Um, it's important, as, as it's noted in Philippians, that while Christ is, is a man, he's still God. Jesus is omnipotent. He knows his death is coming, but he's also a man, and that anxiety becomes to be very visible. Um, if we flip through to Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. Uh, again, that's Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. Um, and there he says, uh, and he came out and went as he was not uh, wont to the mountain of olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone, a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from the prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So note what, what is said there in, um, in 44, right? And being in agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. That is a, a real medical condition that happens in, um, in patients who um, endure a lot of anxiety. It's, so going back to, to <coughs> the JAMA article, right? Um, it says this specifically about that episode in the Garden of Gethsemane. Although this is a very rare phenomenon, bloody sweat may occur in highly emotional states or in persons with bleeding disorders. As a result of hemorrhage, of hemorrhage into the sweat glands, the skin becomes fragile and tender. Jesus' actual blood loss probably was minimal. However, in the cold night, it may have produced chills. Um, it's just important to note that his, the physiological effects are already beginning to occur. Yeah. He understands this death is near, and the exciting starts to build. And what does he do? He retreats into the Garden of Gethsemane, prays, and, and starts to show physical symptoms of that anxiety building. He knows it's coming. So important to note, it's coming, and he's already displaying symptoms. And, and, and I don't know how, I mean, this, this is the, the, the difficult thing that, like, to try to capture that thought, right, the, the process of that. Because here he is, he's omnipotent, omnipresent, he, he's still supreme, he doesn't stop being supreme, he doesn't stop being almighty God. And, and this has to, like, cause a wreck inside your, your psyche, right? Because, yeah, you can make this stop in one, one, one breath, one word from him, and that all would have stopped and could have, did it another way. To know that you're God, 
but also to understand and know that you're 100% human, that stress has got to be off the chain, man, to, 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 to know that the very people that you created are about to hang you on the cross. You're about to give your life up for the very people that you created, that you made. I mean, what's going through his mind is there's got to be a whole a whole basket of emotions going through there, right? Like you know, anger. Did he feel anger at any point? Was he fr uh, frustrated? Depression? I mean, that's a lot of stress on one person. I, I like... One of the major things I love about Christ is, is he always led by example. Yeah. It's really easy to say, thou will be done, right? Mm. It's another thing to trust and carry it through, in his case, to the end, right? Yeah. Um, it's, while difficult to imagine what his thought process was that day and the night right before, it is a beautiful thing to see that even the Son of God went to prayer about it yeah. and asked for his will to be done. You know, here in, you know, fast forward 2,000 years later, we get stressed out of, you know, our minds for, you know, when you look at this scene, you know, at this garden, Gethsemane, and we get stressed out because, I don't know, eggs are now $13 you know, for six eggs, whatever the price is now. Um, and that causes, you know, anxiety in people, uh, inflation, and all, all the, the real things that are taking place in our world as we, as we speak. But this is next level. And what an introduction, because that's what it really is, an introduction of perseverance, an introduction of, Believing that God's going to see you through, all the way through. And I think that that's just in, incredible to, to read about it. Factually, you know, it, it happened. And to read about it, like we have evidence here that this really took place. Yeah. Um, and we like literally touching just the tip of this iceberg. Oh, man. So... You know, as we push through the story, it, it, it gets um, even more intense. So the next episode is the trials of Jesus, right? And, and it, it, you have to understand that this was, he was arrested at night and this carried off through all the way uh, until morning. So um, let's just kind of dive into that a little bit deeper, yeah. right? So Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane on charges of blasphemy. He's tried by a Jewish judicial body. He's questioned by Jewish religious leaders, transferred for, for trial to the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, on charges of treason, saying that he's the king of the Jews, right? Christ is sentenced to death, um, specifically a death by crucifixion. So let's just kind of stop there, and let's go back to the JAMA article um, and talk about Uh, what a crucifixion is, right? So, uh, 
So let's let's just rewind a little bit because I, I just want people to understand something. Uh, what happened that night? All right. Um, so between the hours of 1 a.m. and daybreak, Jesus was tried. He's got found guilty on blasphemy. The guards blindfolded Jesus. They spat on him and struck him in the face with their fists, right? During the 12 hours between 9 p.m. Thursday and 9 a.m. Friday, he had suffered great emotional distress. Um, felt abandonment by his closest friends, the disciples, and uh, physical beating after the first Jewish trial. Also in the setting of a traumatic and sleepless night, he had been forced to walk more than two and a half miles to and from the sites of the various trials. Uh, the physical and emotional factors may have rendered Jesus particularly vulnerable to adverse hemodynamic effects of the scourging, which is about to follow, right? Um, before we, we go into the crucifixion, um, let's, let's just define it, right? Um, so referencing the JAM article, crucifixion. Although the Romans did not invent crucifixions, they perfected it as a form of torture and capital punishment that was designed to produce a slow death with maximum pain and suffering. It was one of the most disgraceful and cruel methods of execution and usually were reserved only for slaves, foreigners, revolutionaries, and the vilest of criminals. So... This is an execution, yeah. and this is what I want listeners to understand. This is a death reserved for a criminal. In America, uh, we have capital punishment. Uh, it's been carried out historically, right? Hanging, firing squads, electric chair, gas chamber. Jesus Christ's crucifixion was a criminal sentence. An execution whose methodology far exceeds the brutality of any present-day capital punishment, and it was carried out by the government of Rome. Specifically, Roman soldiers who were trained on how to torture and kill a man via scourging and crucifixion. Let's go ahead and go into the scourging aspect of this, right? And citing the, the JAM article, flogging was illegal preliminary to every Roman execution. The usual instrument was a short whip, a flagellum, with several single or braided leather thongs of variable lengths in which small iron balls or sharp pieces of sheep bones were tied at intervals. For scourging, the man was stripped of his clothing and his hands were tied to an upright post. The back, buttocks, and legs were flogged either by two soldiers or by one who alternated positions. This was to weaken the victim to a state just short of collapse or death. After the scourging, the soldiers often taunted their victim. Jesus was severely whipped. It is not known whether the number of lashes was limited to 39 in accordance with Jewish law. The Roman soldiers amused that he was weakened, that the weakened man had claimed to be a king, began to mock him by placing a robe on his shoulders 
a crown of thorns on his head, and a wooden staff as a scepter in his right hand. Next, they spat on Jesus and struck him on the head with a wooden staff. Moreover, when the soldiers are tore the robe from Jesus' back, they probably reopened the scourging wounds. The severe scourging with its intense pain and appreciable blood loss most probably left Jesus in a pre-shock state. The physical and mental abuse meted out by the Jews and the Romans, as well as the lack of food, water, and sleep, also contributed to his generally weakened state. Therefore, even before the actual crucifixion, Jesus' physical condition was at least serious and possibly critical. And, and you know, this is the, 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 um, the intense part. He's been up for 36 hours. 36 hours straight. He's going through this moment right here. And following this moment, he's actually walking two and a half miles to Golgotha. To the place where he would hang. I mean, you know, for me, when I became a Christian, I had never heard the details um, of Jesus. Of course, we've heard his name, but as far as the details, I was unaware of the details. And for me, just like how you mentioned, you know, for you, um, you went in into an investigative mode. You wanted to find out if these things were so, right? Um, and and it's funny that you mentioned that because you land in that section of uh, what the Bible calls Berean believers. You, these guys uh, are guys that they want to know, is this thing real? Did these things happen? And for you, you went into an investigative mode. For me, it was uh, the same thing. And you know, seeing this 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 moment being captured in, in my cell at that moment, that that to me was well, number one, it was a supernatural event there that took place, and it was so convincingly so for me that I knew that I needed to do certain changes in my life. Here's Jesus. I mean, for those of you that are listening right now, I mean, this is I think the moment in this episode that you start to look at what he did, what he endured, the suffering that he endured. Because it wasn't just the hanging part. There were so many elements prior to him hanging and dying. This is one of them. This is the beginning, the scourging of the Son of God, the whipping of God himself in human form. And he has to go through this. And as you go deeper into the Bible, you find out why he has to go through this. Why is this necessary? Why can't he just walk, you know, a convict's walk, that two mile and a half walk, just carrying the cross and, and, and you know, getting to this, this site where he's going to get crucified? Well, that's not how it's going to play out because each and every scene, if you want to call it a scene, each and every moment is for a particular reason. In, in, in the flogging, in the being tortured, 
the Bible makes a direct uh, notation that because of what he went through in the scourging, we're healed. And the non-believer won't be able to understand this. They won't because you need to have the Spirit of God to reveal that to you. What was what went through your mind, through your heart, when you put the two and two together? I, I didn't before going in depth, right? Yeah. I, I thought he had just been whipped. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that. Um, a whipping and a scourging were two completely different things. Yeah. The the use of sheep bone to tear into the back, cling on to that skin, and when it's pulled back, rips the skin off. To realize the intense pain and just what a human is made to endure in a scourging is it's just unthinkable to me. Uh, the effects of it. And I think seeing a visual representation as it's imaged in the Passion of the Christ really, it really touched my heart. It really humbled me. It really made me see Christ and his sacrifice for us in a whole different way. Because he's suffering as a criminal. That's a criminal's well, an accused criminal. An accused criminal's, right. yeah. He had no crime. He had no crime. But this is a, it, he's being treated like as one. Yeah. This is what normally happens to somebody that's rightfully convicted. They have to go through this chain of events. But for him, he's innocent. And I think the appreciation is greater when we understand that. That's a major revelation, right? That he is who he said he was and he was not guilty of a crime. Um, he endured the death of a criminal, although he wasn't one. But he did it for you and me. I mean that that. I think that's where where, where it kind of strikes a chord in our heart. That that should have been us. I'm the criminal. You're the criminal. Everyone born under the sun is a criminal because. And what's our what's our offense? What's the charges? Sin. Right. Sin is the charge. And we should have been the one that had to endure that. We should have been the one that whose flesh would have, should have been torn by the flogging. Yet, Christ, the innocent Lamb of God, says, I'll do it for you. I mean, there's certain things that I'll do for people. That's not one of them. I mean, that, that's deep, man. And yet it still carries on. We're not done, right? Um, so after the scourging, Jesus is made to carry his cross to his crucifixion site. So let's talk about the cross itself, right? So a true cross, it's been determined to weigh 165 pounds. It's made of three different woods, cedar, pine, and cypress. It's 10 to 14 feet tall and six and a half feet wide. The cross would have been carried a distance of a, approximately a third of a mile, about 2,100 feet, right? Um, 
And in scripture, we're told this, right? Jesus was so weakened, he dropped the cross three times. And he had to get help from Simon of Cyrene, right? He's told to help him carry his cross. Um, Now we start getting into yet another torturous aspect of the crucifixion, where Jesus is nailed to the cross. Um, I want us to go back to to the Gemma article and and just kind of highlight some of the things as far as the nailing is concerned. Um, from the time of Christ, all right, it indicates that the nails were tapered iron spikes, approximately five to seven inches long with a square shaft three-eighths inch, three inches across. The nails were commonly driven through the wrists rather than the palms, and that's going to become important later on with a specific area where those nails were, were driven through. Uh, just keep that in mind. Through the wrists rather than the palms. For the feet, they were usually nailed directly in front of the stipes. To accomplish this, flexation of the knees may have been quite prominent and the bent legs may have been rotated laterally. With arms outstretched but not tout, the wrists were nailed to the patibellum, which is the crossbar. It has been shown that the ligaments and bones of the wrist can support the weight of a body hanging from them, but the palms cannot. Furthermore, the driven nail would have would crush or sever the rather large sensory motor median nerve. The stimulated nerve would produce excruciating bolts of firing pain in both arms. Furthermore, flexation of the elbows would cause rotation of the wrists about the iron nails and cause a fiery pain along the damaged median nerves. Lifting of the body would also painfully scrape the scourge back against the rough wooden stipes. This effort would become agonizing and tiring and lead eventually to asphyxia. So this is pretty much the events that lead to the actual death of Christ on the cross. Um, so uh, what, what causes the death of someone, right, on the cross? Um, there's a lot of things that happen. So specifically, we know it's a culmination of everything, right? But the specific cause of death um, can't be narrowed down to one. It has to be taken into totality, right? The major pathophysiological effect of crucifixion beyond the excruciating pain was a marked interference with normal respiration, particularly exhalation. The weight of the body pulling down on the outstretched arms and shoulders would tend to fix the intercostal muscles in an inhalation state and thereby hinder passive exhalation. Jesus' death, like that 
of other crucified victims may have been multifactor and related primarily to hypovolemic shock, exhaustion, asphyxia, and perhaps acute heart failure. A fatal cardiac arrhythmia may have accounted for the apparent catastrophic terminal event. Thus, it remains unsettled whether Jesus died of cardiac rupture or a cardiorespiratory failure. However, the important feature is that he died. As we move just to the tail end of this, right? This is what I want people to understand. For the Roman government to surrender a, a body, they have to know that the person is dead. Um, that day, there was two other thieves that were also crucified. Um, <clears throat> so for them, their legs were broken, right? One, the way that these soldiers would, would, would affirm that death had occurred is they broke the legs. Um, but when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. Rather, one of the soldiers pierced his side, probably with an infantry spear, and produced a sudden flow of blood and water. That is important because when you get to the book of John, chapter 19, verse 36, it reads, These things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken. We talked about the placement of the nails, that they pierced but did not break skin, right? I'm sorry, that they pierced skin but they did not break bones. And then when it comes to affirming that, they did not break his legs. They pierced his heart. And that was in fulfillment of that scripture, that not a bone would be broken. The last words, right, Christ says when he dies, Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. My question becomes to you, the listener, is do you have that peace to know that your soul will go into the hands of a loving father when you die? As we mentioned, to the left and to the right of Christ were two thieves that were also crucified that day. One of them repented and asked for forgiveness. Christ told them, you'll be with me in paradise. The other denied. Scripture, based on that failure for him to acknowledge the Son of God, tells us that that person suffers an eternity in hell. Those criminals that hung to the left and to the right of Christ are pretty much a representation of us. We're all sinners, and we're all given a choice to accept or deny Christ. My question becomes, have you made a decision as to who you're going to be, the one who repents or the one who denies? And, and that's, that's, thank you for sharing that, Ed. Um, that, that's, we just started a new year. You know, we make these resolutions. Most of us make goals, we write them down. Going into a new year, we 
a new me. We, we throw out quotes like that, you know, uh, and we prepare for many new adventures in the new year. But maybe you're listening to us right now. Maybe you're in the car, you're picking up your kids, or you're going to work, whatever the case may be. But you're there and you just listen to about 50 minutes of this. And here we are on the ninth day of January. Have you considered your eternity? And is this your moment? Is this your moment where, like Ed said, where you deny or you respond to the call of God upon your life? The reality is that he loves you. It's the reason why he he died. God so loved the world. So he he, he loves you. But there's a there's a limit to that. And that limit is well there's two two there's two, right? Well, one of them is that you, you expire, you die. And then there's no coming back from that. The choice has to be made before that. And, uh, you know, I won't get into more details of that, but there, the, the Bible talks about the searing of the heart. It's another place that you don't want to be in, where God sears your heart and there's no coming back. You're alive, but your rebellion needs to a different type of darkness where God himself turns off the light completely and you won't repent. But here's your moment. Here's your moment where you can continue living your whole life the way you've been living it. Or you could respond to the loving, to a loving God, to a God that wants to see a better life for you. And I'm not talking about you know, uh, if any preacher or any Bible teacher ever tells you that coming to Christ is going to be rosy, everything's going to shine, you're going to have no problems, everything's going to be great, that's not what we're pitching here. This is a real-life decision that you'll have to make. And, and you might say, well, I'm not ready. By... By saying that I'm not going to decide right now, you've made a decision. And, and, and think about that. But we want to, we care about you guys. We care about you so much that we came here to do this epi episode because we also were in that same boat that maybe you're in right now. Maybe you walked away from the Lord a while back ago. Uh, you got angry at the church, at the pastor, at the lady with a big hat at the church. Whatever the case is, you walked away from God. God never walked away from you. If you ever look and you see that, you know, God's not in the picture, it's 100% that we walked away from him. He doesn't walk away. If, if someone moved, it wasn't him. But here he is calling you to come back home. If that's you, you've walked away from God for whatever reason that you had, Here's your opportunity to repent, which means acknowledge you're a sinner, acknowledge that you messed up, and come back home, come back to Christ. Or you could be in the other category that this is your first time. You had no idea. 
you know, somebody recommended this podcast to you, and this is where you're at, and you're listening to us right now. I want to extend that invitation to you to come to Jesus, the Son of God. Everything that he went through was for you. It was for you because he loved you that much. The scourging, because he loved us that much. The death on the cross, he loved us that much. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, it's very easy. And and, and it's not about, uh, uh, some call it a, 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 a sinner's prayer. It's not even that. It, it has to do with your heart. Because you could pray anything. But it's about your heart condition and your heart answering to this big question. Will you follow Christ from this moment on? And my prayer and Ed's prayer is that you do. That you respond accordingly to the gospel. That you, that you say yes to Jesus. This is the beginning of the year. Don't go another day. Don't go another minute. Another hour, another day, another month without Christ in your life. He loves you. And it, it, it listen, it, and this is the uniqueness of this podcast. You have a law enforcement officer, and you have an ex-felon, an ex-convict, that came to Christ, an officer that came to Christ, and we're both telling you, we were in need of Christ the way that you're in need of Christ. Come to Jesus. Make that decision and I'm telling you, your, your destination, your forever will be in that same paradise that the smart one, I'm going to call him the smart one, because it is, it's the smartest movie I'll ever make, is to come to Christ. It's to acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. And that, that's, that's really the, the prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent. I want to trust in you. I want to believe in you. Help my unbelief. And from this moment forward, I give my entire heart, everything, everything to you. I leave nothing behind. I, I, I count it all loss. Lord, come and dwell in my heart, in my life. I give you everything. And if you said that, if you meant that in your heart, However you say it, my friend, you just became a Christian. And the Holy Spirit of God is now dwelling in your life. And he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to teach you that Bible. And, 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 and here, here's the fun part. You know, God's going to start putting people along your path that will help you walk this walk. This is not a lonely walk. This is a walk that Man, you're gonna end up going to a church that's a Bible teaching church, that's gonna that where you're gonna learn. You're gonna need some fellowship. You're gonna need some some other Christians to surround your life, so that you could do this with them, alongside with them, shoulder to shoulder. And you're gonna see your life. Um, well, it's gonna have a new meaning, and it's gonna be the meaning that God intended to be from the foundations of the earth. And if you did that, if you repented in your heart, we want to tell you, welcome to God's house. Welcome to the 
to the family of, of Christ. Um, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And um, we, we might not ever meet you here. Maybe, you know, fast forward to when we're in heaven, you know, we never met you. You never met us. And somehow you listen to this podcast, to this episode, and, and this was your turning point. This was your final, you know, decision right here because of this episode. Man, I can't wait to meet you guys. Ed can't wait to meet you guys. And uh, I know that there's somebody out there. You know, we, we're listening through, throughout the United States. Uh, we have, like a, I don't know, like 75% of our listenership is, is in, the, in the U.S. Uh, but now we're in different countries now. God is expanding that. And man, I, I can't even imagine how many people are going to come to Christ this, this very day as they listen to this episode. And I want to say thank you to, to Ed, to you, uh, bro, for, for God putting it in your heart, for your obedience to uh, moving forward with it. And, uh, man, to many, many happy, uh, happy days ahead of us, man, as we plow together in, uh, in reaching others to Christ. Uh, I am so grateful for your life, man, and the dedication that you in serving your community both in God's field and in the field of law enforcement. Uh, whenever I have you guys, man, it's, it's always a treat. I respect you guys. I honor you guys. You're my friends. I count you my friends. And uh, I, I, uh, I'm grateful to God, man, for, for, for your life. I really am. For those of you that enjoy this podcast from time to time, or maybe you're a, a listener that keeps on, this is like, a, <laughs> you're a podcast fiend, <laughs> and you just keep coming back to this, uh, to the Shot Caller podcast. Um, if God has placed it in your heart to support this, uh, I, I want to call it a ministry because it's really what it is. Uh, and you feel that, you know, you want to support, financially support this ministry or prayerfully support this ministry. It's very easy. If you want to pray for us, we need the prayer every single day. But if you want to financially support this uh, podcast, it's very easy. You go to uh, kcds.net, and on there you'll press the podcast button, which will lead you to the subscriber button, and it'll give you three options to support that. And another way is uh, if you just want to support it uh, in a different way, you can use my email, which is kcds72 at gmail.com, kcds72 at gmail.com, and you can you go through PayPal or Venmo through that as well. Uh, in any case, Please pray for us. That's uh, uh, we need that throughout the thing. And you know, this podcast is listener. Uh, you carry us by your prayers or your support. That's how we exist, and we want to continue to do that. We have so much lined up. Pray for me. I'm going to Alabama this week to a men's uh, retreat to speak there, and then to their church. So I'm, I'm quite involved, uh, uh, quite a bit this these several first months of this year um may may god's grace his forgiveness his his love um come out of my mouth uh, as i speak to uh to, to churches and to events um, i just want to see jesus in the hearts of men to me that's important so please pray for me as i uh, get on these planes and, and go all over the place uh keep um uh, there's a gang prevention uh 
a place that I'm going to in Utah as well, where I'm speaking to a bunch of kids. That's coming up. And, uh, man, uh, the two rival gangs have come together in Utah, and, and they are calling a peace treaty just to hear what I have to say to them. And that's going to be incredible. That's, that's what God does. So when you support this, this podcast, know that this is, what, this is what's happening outside of the podcast. And uh, it happens because Christians are praying and pr- Christians are supporting. I love you guys. And uh, you got any final words, uh, Ed, you want to say to us, to our, to our audience? Yeah, of course. Um, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to step out of my comfort zone <laughs> and, and uh, do something I've never done. And it was a really cool experience, so thanks for that. Um, secondly, I think um, I'd be selling our ministry short, right, um, to not ask for prayer. Uh, as Casey mentioned, when uh, when this started, uh, one of the things that we do with our church is uh, support those that are battling cancer um, through the Anchor Cancer Support Group. Um, you can follow us on Men's Anchor Cancer Group on Instagram, Max Group. Um, pray for the leadership of that group. Pray for the work that we do. As, as Casey said, it, it gets heavy at times, and uh, we need your prayers. And um, and I'll be praying for all those that are listening to this podcast as well. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, man. Uh, and, hey, uh, this dude did great, man. He, he, the first thing that he said to me, he's a man. That's how I sound. <laughs> I think you sound great, dude. Uh, it was great. It was. It was. Uh, it, it was what was needed yeah. uh, for today. And so, thank you, uh, Ed. And for those of you that, you know, listen to this podcast, um, you know I'm going to say it. Because we said it since day one. And it never, it's not going to change. You, know, you, you can't make me. You can't make me. It's going to be this thing every single ending of every show here. Put Jesus first. I love you, Los Angeles, and everybody that listens to us. Till next time. God bless you.